0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Hi and welcome to our latest OutSports Podcast. This is our first podcast of 2015. We ended 2014... (laughs) skipping a bunch of weeks because i was traveling and sick and forgot and the holidays and all kinds of stuff but we are back in full force and in 2015 uh jim happy new year how did you spend new year's eve usually off watching some five-hour movie at a at a movie theater now
0: i was for i'm still a little bit sick i was sick and just kind of was located with some friends and didn't do much, and was in bed by one a m
1: you know Dan has had this cold thing for like two or three weeks, and it's kind of starting to to drive him crazy. Is it what' are your symptoms? yeah I think it's the same thing. It's
0: been ten days, and it's it ain't the flu, but you feel like you don't feel awful, awful, but there are times when you feel awful, so
1: he's had, had a cough yeah, I have
0: a mute button on my phone so uh, <laughs> I will go mute if I feel I need to start a <laughs> hacking and not a, a, you know upset our listeners. But um what did you guys do New Year's Eve?
1: We went to a pajama party. <laughs> at a yeah, that sounds house, fun. This which was the second pajama party we'd been to over the holidays. Another friend of ours actually a neighbor had one and over Christmas Eve. And, and you know it's it's kind of fun because you get you get some – both of the parties were pretty much gay men. And and you get some people doing the onesies thing, and then you get some other ones doing the really loose things. And then, of course, you get a few who take the opportunity to break out the really, really tight long johns, which, <laughs> which obviously stirs conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so that perfect that weather crazy. in L.A. for a pajama party it was – we had Arctic-like temperatures. It was in the
1: uh, 40s, at, in low 40s at night. It was in the 30s a couple of nights. It was very cold and, and windy. But you know what? It's, I feel bad because we really can't talk about the cold. We like to joke about but it, but, yeah, it's but two I two degrees to Pat minus. this morning. It's nine degrees right now in Massachusetts where Pat is, and that's just nine degrees walking her dog and trying to hold the phone talking to me at the same time. I felt terrible.
0: And the high yesterday in Iowa was minus two, I think. So I'm not. Thirties uh, seem a lot seem bombing to them. Yeah, my my friend had friends visiting from New Hampshire, and he was saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, it's gonna be a little cold when you're out here." And oh, we they're on the beach with shorts and tank tops, and he was bundled up because they were they loved it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I used to love the cold weather, but but not anymore. I'll will stick with with LA, and it's been absolutely beautiful the last couple of days here, 80 degrees. And uh, but uh, well, the new year brings obviously with it pajama parties, but also brings college football. And for the first time in a long, long time, Jim, I am allowing myself to watch some bowl games, and particularly these this. College football playoff, where if you when you watch these games, I mean, particularly the ones from last weekend, where the saw Oregon and Alabama win, it's it's tough to believe why on earth they drag their feet about a playoff for so long because that was awesome. Yeah, it was Oregon and Ohio State, not Alabama. But what did
0: I say? You said Oregon. Whatever. Alabama. Oregon. Oregon and Ohio State. Well, it's yeah. what people have been you know clamoring I mean. for forever. And the fact that it took so long is was really bizarre. and It, it shows you how fraudulent the whole BCS was. Because I used to get in arguments with SEC people who would tout the fact that the SEC won the final game. I said, well, yeah, they deserve credit for that, but they were voted into the final game. They didn't have to sort of win their way. You can put – take the NFL playoffs. You can probably take any two teams – vote them into the Super Bowl, and you might have, you know, the Carolina Panthers winning the Super Bowl because on a one-day deal. And so when they finally had to play in to get into the final, we saw what happened. The SEC is nowhere to be found. They went their top five teams in the SEC West that some people were saying, oh, we should put, all, we should put the first four teams of the SEC West in the playoffs, they, they all lost their bowl game. So <clears throat> it was nice to see it decided on the field, and the outcome was lovely. I mean, to see Florida State get just trounced. They were the great villain. Um and then to see Ohio State boot, uh you know knock off Alabama, a team that was sort of you know would have been in the final. That's kind of funny. The BCS final this year would have been Florida State Alabama because they yeah. still do the rankings, you know, just as a for fun. Right. And that would have been the final game this year.
1: And both teams lost in the playoff, but and I think about so many of those years uh, well, I, well, I guess maybe two or three years where Stanford, where I, my alma mater, would finish the regular season, third or fourth, sometimes fifth or sixth, but several years where they were right there. You know, if if there was a playoff a couple of times, people said that's the most dangerous team in, in the country right now. But because, of course, you know, two SEC teams were simply they were simply determined to be better, having never played Stanford. Um, I mean, they were locked out, and I just—it I, kind of sucks. I wish you could go back and see how the Andrew Luck Jim Harbaugh combination could have done again in in some of those national playoffs, but well, we don't get that opportunity. Yeah, them in Oregon—they they had a couple years
0: where they'd have one loss, but it was the other team, Stanford Oregon, that had two losses. But that other two-loss team made it to the conference final, so the one-loss Oregon or Stanford team was shut out of the conference final, and so therefore, well, they're they not allowed into the BCS final. Whereas in 2011, Alabama didn't make the conference final and got voted into the, con- the BCS championship game because everyone, quote-unquote, knew they were the better team. And it would drive me nuts. Yes, some of the, the Harbaugh teams or some of those Chip Kelly teams would have been terrific or Boise yeah. State some years, or TCU. I mean, there were just years where there were some really good teams that weren't SEC, but <clears throat> thankfully those days are past, and, you know, there's still going to be some controversy, because I think TCU this year was a great team, but it's hard to quibble with the two teams in the final, and uh, there's a very kind of good gay angle. I mean, they both rank, uh, like, perfectly on the Campus Pride Index, which uh, you, our friend Shane runs, if you want to explain the Listeners, what the
1: Campus Pride Index is. Well, first, if you want to talk college football, Oregon and Ohio State, uh, you can call in at 347-945-7834. The Campus Pride Index essentially gauges, based on feedback from people at the schools, how LGBT-friendly the school is. And I think various categories are rated. I think it's one through five, and it's a great little thing that Shane has, has 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 put together there with with Campus Pride. It's it's a it's a good way if you're a young kid looking to go to college to determine you know this is a place that I want to go. Is this a place where I can actually be who I am? And what's cool is that Shane is. Rolling out with uh, in conjunction with the lgbt sports coalition and go athletes and and some others a sports specific campus pride uh sports index that talks about not real, not really the the environment on campus but the environment in the athletic department and what 's cool is you know when you look at both of these athletic departments. Uh, they both have a lot to really celebrate on LGBT issues. Uh, a couple years ago, we wrote a, a, a piece about uh, Ohio State athletic director Gene Smith. Athlete, Ohio State had done a "You Can Play" video, and he was just incredible about how you know important it was to have an, uh, a, an athletic department that welcomed gay athletes and gay people, and. Uh, and he was really, uh, you know, to have a guy like that overseeing the entire athletic department, it it's powerful. It, it seeps down into into every locker room.
0: And the same goes with Oregon. I mean, their head coach, March, Mark Helfrich, was asked about <clears throat> the Ducks having an openly gay player and what the reaction would be. And he said, I don't think we'd even bat an eye and said people are going to look at this, you know, years from now and say, what were people thinking? Like, why was this an issue back whenever? Um and I do think, you know, there are two model schools in terms of the of the Campus Pride Index. And Shane said Ohio State might even be slightly better because they're going to have now on their incoming freshman questionnaire where you can designate, I think it's your preferred gender pronoun. I mean, you know, that, that whole issue, and it's something that no one else has been doing. And so Ohio State's going to kind of pioneer that. So <clears throat> we have two schools in the finals, both uh, of whom, you know, you can be proud if you're an lgbt student and you and you go to either and urban meyer of ohio state actually apologized to lgbt groups two years ago when he first took over and they had this kind of tradition where the the slow you know the the guys who goofed off in practice had to go but on a, a special lavender shirt and run around and it was basically a you know a sign of being a bad thing and lavender is often associated with, uh, you know, LGBT groups and stuff, Um, it's akin to pink. Anyway, uh, some of the LGBT groups on campus complained and just said they found that. It offended them, and Urban Meyer didn't double down and say, you know, blah, blah, blah. He basically said we're taking change the shirt color and we apologize. And it kind of went over well because he's the kind of guy that could have said F you and, you know, I'll wear whatever shirts my guys want to wear, and he kind of just nipped it in the bud to the start, and uh, you know, sent a letter on his own stationery to the LGBT group. So it was, you know, it was it, it was kind of powerful, and a, a sign that things have really changed. That you know, years ago people would have done this and would have
1: said, you know, well, tough. Yeah, the head coach ten years ago would have said, "Off oh, to get over it." You know, this is, yeah, and would have defended him and just what was really powerful about it is you know there was certainly reason he he could have said you know this has nothing to do with being gay it's just a color you don't know, get over it but he listened to the people mm-hmm. who were affected he didn't he didn't say no i'm right and you're wrong he listened and that, <laughs> that says a lot about who he is as a as a coach and as a man and uh you know to be um the other two schools that were in the final four if you will uh, Alabama and Florida State both had reason, uh, you know, for their LGBT fans to celebrate. But I think you know, at the end of the day, the two schools of the four that were the most LGBT-friendly made it to the finals, and and I think that says. I really do think it says a, something about inclusion that you you. It's whether it's it can be a tool to victory, um, and certainly uh, it's not a deterrent.
0: Yeah, it's clearly not at the turn anymore, and I think it's just, you know, it's good for the whole campus to have this. And it's interesting. uh, I wrote the first article about it, and Florida State was not even in the campus pride index. That, and I said it doesn't mean they're they're unfriendly. It, whatever, and got a real detailed response back from the university outlining all their LGBT programs, and specifically, they're filling out the index now. And this twenty eight page booklet that they're going to be giving out on campus in the spring that really is excellent. It's sort of a guide to LGBT issues history. It has a great glossary. It's really impressive. I don't know if they copied it from somewhere else, but I was impressed because they sent me an advanced copy of just how detailed this was and um you know, so it was like the idea that they felt a need to respond to this because they didn't want someone maybe doing a web search and finding that they're you know, they're not on this Pride Index so they're somehow unfriendly and so it tells you they take this kind of stuff seriously. And we heard from several Florida State alums who said, Hey, I had a great time there, there it was a good school but and even Alabama Shane said scored two out of five, but they filled the index out and we have Nick Saban sorta saying if I had a gay player he'd be treated with total respect here. He'd be a member of the Tide family and you know there's another guy that didn't have to say that and he said that so this happened when Michael Sam came out. So, yeah, all four schools were, were good about it.
1: Uh, well, something that one of them is apparently not good about is Jim has taken exception with Oregon's uniform that they'll be wearing in the championship oh. game, made by obviously our, our our friends at Nike, who are down the street from Oregon. Uh, what's the issue here, Jim?
0: Well, they, they 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 pick their uniform for the championship game, and it is white silver gray there is no green there is no yellow there's a little yellow nike swoosh at the uh, sock and i just think it just removes their identity and i went through and looked at past games and every other uniform with the exception of one for breast cancer awareness day had some element of green or orange in it or green or yellow in it which are the school colors and i thought your school colors are green or yellow, and you're playing in the national championship game, and there's no green or yellow to be found. I thought it was really a weird decision, and the school made the decision. It was their choice of which uniforms to wear. And Nike has dozens of, of examples they could have done, and uh, I got a couple of nice letters from people's Oregon people, saying, yeah, they agree with me. They're going to root for the school, but they just thought it was a weird decision. And plus, they look like the Oakland Raiders on the road, which is not a... connotation you want these days. But I just thought it was weird. It was like you have these school colors and every other uniform has somehow incorporated them into the uniform, no matter how flashy they are. And here for your biggest game ever on your stage, you say, oh, we're just going to be nothing that we've ever been before. And the only time they didn't wear the breast cancer day, the only game they lost. So if (laughs) precedent holds, it's not a good omen.
1: Well, they're not playing Arizona, thankfully, this time around. But it was funny when I, when I saw the image that you posted. I thought, why did he post o- Ohio State's uniform? because <laughs> that's what I thought. At least Ohio State is, you know, silver and and white, yeah. and or pewter Scarlet. or whatever, whatever it is. Scar. And and so at least, yeah, Oregon. I was I was surprised that there was no green or yellow in the in the uniform. But,
0: Plus, I thought they, the ones they wore in the Pac-10 championship and the ones they wore in the Rose Bowl, I thought look so good. And I would have loved to have seen something like that. And then when you look at the other, you say, wow, that was a cool one. That was a pretty cool one. And then the one they picked was kind of like, really? That's yeah. the one you're going to pick where maybe 40 million people are going to watch your school, and people are going to think the school colors of Oregon
1: are <laughs> silver and white. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, the, the Raiders connection. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Oof. So
0: I'm rooting we for Oregon to just like because it. I'm a Pac-12 guy now, and don't have anything against Ohio State, but I'd like to see the Pac-12 finally get rewarded. And Oregon's never won a uh, a, a college football title.
1: What about you? You know what I'll have to do? I'll I'll have to um, I'll have to resurrect my easy to hate Ohio State column. I think maybe I'll oh. do that this afternoon. That was. <laughs> Because I was, oh, you know what, is it gone? I'm looking on, shoot, when we switched, when we moved, did it go away? It's gone. Uh, you know,
0: I, could, I may have it in my archives. I saved the entire site on a hard drive. and uh, was, I will you remember after, what year it was?
1: It was after the Fiesta Bowl that we went to, the Miami-Ohio oh, State Fiesta Bowl. And those Ohio State fans were so obnoxious.
0: Yeah, we got. I'll, rest I'll look for to you if I find it, but uh, <laughs> you'd, you'd have to let people know this was written twelve years ago. But uh,
1: right, it would be. It but would even be a good still, win. they were those fans were so obnoxious. <laughs> I remember, and I wasn't rooting for them. I mean, Mi- I was, it was a, Miami, Ohio State. We were just there at the game, and yeah, and it was uh, it was a it was a great game. That unfortunately, Ohio State. Uh, one in the end, which made it yeah. One worse. in overtime. <laughs> we have a caller, Jim, from I I think Indiana. Um, caller, you're on the air.
2: Hey, This is Bob. How are you?
1: Hi. Wonderful. How are you? Hey.
2: I am well, thank you. Well, first off, I I told you about Oregon's even when they were in their school colors. I tweeted you one saying how atrocious up the helmet looked. Looked like their helmet was gonna fly off of their own head, <laughs> their helmets are made of feathers. And I looked at that, I, I, I couldn't have but tweet. I was like, I, is it too good? to think their helmets are that tacky, but it, they were. And now I, when I, when they, when I was watching ESPN and I saw what you know, when they're gonna wear, I just thought, was someone smoking something really good that I
1: wish I could have
2: if I was not a truck driver. I thought, mm, yuck. So yes, I, I don't you know, disagree. It is
1: funny. Those wings that they have on the Oregon uniforms, I understand that they're ducks and and they want to look like, I don't know, eagles or ravens or something. But the wings just look so weird. I don't like that part of the uniform. I guess it's a signature part of the uniform.
2: Well, my feeling is when your mascot is essentially Donald Duck and you're trying to make yourself look almost airborne, (laughs) I have an issue with that. Call (laughs) me nuts.
0: Well, so, I saw yeah. the prototype. You know, Nike sent out the uh, one I didn't run was both teams' uniforms with sort of a cape on Ohio State and basically giant wings. I said, "Well, if they wore that in the game, that'd be kind of fun because the players would be flying <laughs> around the you know literally flying <laughs> around the field." But yeah, I agree with you about the helmet. It just the whole the whole look just looks off to me. And, and it's funny; their look is almost always looks kind of cool, and I think people are gonna go, "Huh?" Yeah,
2: I, I felt the same exactly. And by the way, since we're on college football, ask you. A quick question. The SEC was 7-5 and this year in bowl games, and the SEC West had a disastrous bowl season. Do you think that's uh, uh, reflective of the SEC's lack of dominance, or do you think it's just an aberration? Because I'll tell you this. The SEC has nine of the top 15 are clean classes for next year. I go along with aberration more than I do lack of dominance. I just think it was an off year.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I did. this weren't as good. I mean, I think Alabama wasn't as good. I mean, they almost lost... They beat Arkansas by one point when Arkansas missed an extra point on the road. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I, I do think it was – But listen to what everybody was saying, and I think Sid told me the other day that at one point people were saying, oh, the top four teams in the SEC West should be the final four. People assumed that the whole conference was so dominant, but they basically were just playing each other the last two-thirds of the season.
2: I agree. And I, I look at their, their green classes coming in next year, I think, you know, I, I will say this, Ohio State is young. And if any team is going to be a pan their side to keep a dominant, it is probably going to be Ohio State. That you know. But with that being said, I still think they're going to be the conference beat every year, regardless of what Ohio State does. I just they keep recruiting in the, And let's face it, it's I think it's probably a generational thing. Twenty years ago, no kid thought anything else about playing in the snow and the cold. But this generation of kids just doesn't have a big desire to go play in 10 degrees six inches of snow and then go down to Alabama or Tallahassee or Gainesville or what have you and play where it's sixty degrees, sunny skies. I mean I think it's different it's a different generation of athletes to be honest. But
0: well, what about Jim Harbaugh, don't you think he's gonna have an influence making Michigan competitive again? I think
2: he will but I think he's I, I think that just the, the, this, this this whole group of athletes now, if football athletes, I think Tradition means something, but it doesn't mean as much I think as it used to. It's about getting to the NFL. It's about you know there's a reason why Calipari has the team he has right now. He he made his mantra about getting you ready for the NBA, and I think that's the way they feel about football. It's about getting ready, and to to, to them, I think the feeling is, why well, why would I want to get ready for the NFL where I'm going to freeze my butt off when I can be down south where it's warm.
0: So who do you root for?
2: Well, I live in Indianapolis, but I was born and raised in Louisville. So I I root for the Cardinals, though I do it knowing that I don't have a prayer. But you know, it goes on with the territory in football.
1: Well, I, I Bob appreciate you giving a call. Appreciate your your great column that you had for us uh, earlier this week about being a non-athletic sports fan. I think a lot of people fall into that, and uh, it was really really well done. Here's, yes. Uh, sorry. Um, Here's hoping the the uh, the Colts get all the way to the AFC Championship game.
2: Oh, from your mouth to God's ears, Sid. Well, thank you so much,
0: guys.
1: <laughs> oh, have Thanks. a great day.
0: Was that a setup Sorry, call Jim, to get I me, me all pissed off Yeah, Because I'm a Peyton fan. So. <laughs> Although I'm wearing yes, my Colts sweatshirt, <laughs> sweatshirt right now.
1: <clears throat> your Colts sweatshirt. Uh-oh. You're trying to jinx them. The reverse jinx.
0: It's great stuff, actually. I, uh, could, I don't have uh,
1: any Bronco gear, so. I I don't get into predictions of these sports games. I don't I don't even want to try to predict who who's going to win. I'd love to see the Oregon win uh because of the the, the same conference as Stanford essentially. That's the only reason. But uh but but either way it's nice to know that an LGBT friendly school will win, but I do want to get into some predictions for the next year as we 2014 was such a, a seminal year in the LGBT sports world. What what do you think is ahead, Jim, for th- for this year? Anything on your mind?
0: Well, I'll predict there will be no coming out in the four major sports this year. None? Okay, why? Uh, again, this is all just a hunch because you have no idea if somebody's out there right now <laughs> thinking about doing it. I just think that the Michael Sam thing is probably soured people on the whole process. I mean perceptions mean a lot. I think the perception for a lot of people is he's not on a team because he's he's gay. And you know, we we've never had anybody in the NHL or Major League Baseball do it. We've had one guy in the NFL and one guy in the NBA. I just have a feeling it's going to be just kind of a quiet year on that front. But
1: do you disagree, agree or in the middle? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems impossible that we would go another year. I mean, it it just it it seems impossible, but I do believe that Michael Sam not being on a team is because he's gay. I think that's the truth. And I think that other people know that. I think that the rumors about um oh god, what the safety's name is with the Cardinals, Kerry Rhodes. Kerry Rhodes, the rumor that he was gay, and, and, and you know, people making that uh, – I mean, that was pretty publicly discussed. And mm-hmm. then he can't find a team to get on. I think that complicates it, that Jason Collins only played a half a season. And that was because um, essentially his former team had a roster spot open. I think that didn't help. And, you know, I think we love Robbie Rogers and he's done incredibly well i mean he's he's obviously at the prime of his career and, and is able to contribute a great deal but unfortunately i think some people do look at it and say well that's soccer so yeah i think it's uh i, I think there there is a lot to say there that that, that the nfl's collective rejection of michael sam is going to have negative repercussions I, I i it's hard to predict but if i was going to predict I, I would i might agree with you
0: yeah, and I think on the other level, college and high school, clearly I think we're going to see just more of them because, <clears throat> we, you know, they just they crop up all the time. Um, you know, one feeds off to the next. And it's, again, impossible to predict if it will be a big name at a big school. But, you know, I think there's more bubbling going on in the college thing, and you hear more than you do with the pro thing. And I think a lot of it's generational. Um but, you know, we had a record year, in essence, of people coming out, and all the time we get we get solicitations. I mean, people may want to wonder how we discover people. Some we hear, but mostly people contact us because what, we don't have the facilities to write every single high school and college athlete and say, by the way, are you gay? <laughs> would, you t- would you tell us? <laughs> so, I mean, and so people kind of self-select and they find us, but we keep getting people over and over. I mean, What turned out to be our most read story of the year was in December by Michael Martin, the West Virginia high school soccer player who danced with his boyfriend or boyfriend at the homecoming dance. And he wrote us, you know, wrote back in August simply to talk, simply to have, you know, I don't know what to do and that I don't know what to do turned out to I want to write a story. And it really hit. So you kind of really never know what's going to kind of be the story that people are kind of passing around and sending. That's what kind of excites me is that it's not like we have a season of coming out. We don't have a training camp and, a you know, an owner's meeting where everybody comes out. So I'm kind of excited about stuff that will happen totally out of the blue.
1: Yeah, my uh, my my big prediction was that, you know, pro sports aside, and I understand that it is different between pro sports and and. And high school sports and high school athletes coming out and pro athletes coming out. But that, that at the end of the year, we would have more out people in sports than 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 we do in in even entertainment. And yeah, uh, and, and I really think that because you know, because so many athletes feel the need to come out, and because you have us out there looking for these stories, there really isn't anybody in the entertainment world who's who's doing that. So that, that that's kind of my prediction, that, that at the end of the year, people are going to really, really have changed their perspective of the sports world uh, and and how inclusive it is, that, that, that this is the year that that perspective from the outside will really change.
0: Well, and I think the difference between that and entertainment is that, that sports is, <clears throat> you know, Helfrich, the Oregon coach, it's a meritocracy. If you can play and perform, you can get a position in entertainment. Really, so much of it's, you know, who can decide what's funny or what's going to sell? You know, this is great mystery. So you can't clearly say I'm the best, you know, actor of my generation or whatever. Like you could say if you're, you know, you're the best soccer goalie or something. So I think it may be a little bit easier, at least in some levels, of sport, to come out because you can demonstrate I am good. Whereas in the entertainment yeah. world, it's like, why does this person get a shot and the other person doesn't get a shot? It's a mystery that, you know kind of hard to fathom so coming out might just be one reason not to give you that role
2: yeah
1: and uh yeah absolutely um so it's i mean you can still say that about in the pro sports i mean somebody when i wrote that somebody pointed out well you know there's still more big time actors than there are big time out athletes um but you know you can uh I, I, and I, because I do think that in part the athletes are judged on how they perform. I mean, I, I do think that in general, um, what's happened to Michael Sam won't happen because people want to win, and you know, I think you can always find another actor. But yeah, I just, I, I'm, 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 I'm obviously disappointed that Michael's not with the team, and I, I, I do think that this is, this at the end of this year we'll look back and say, wow, the, the sports world has come a long way. Yeah, so
0: well, we can check back at the end of the year and see how our predictions <laughs> held or not.
1: Of course, we'll uh, we'll be totally wrong, and there will be eighteen pro athletes come out and um, and yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, before so last 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 thing, Jim, predictions for this weekend: Who is going to the conference championships in the NFL?
0: Uh, New England, Denver, Green Bay, Seattle—boring. But I was my four picks before the season, so I'm going to stick with it.
1: The four home teams.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know I what? Think,
1: was that? I no. think three of the four yeah. could
0: lose. I mean, I think you know, I think the Broncos could lose to the Colts. I mean, in a sense, I think Luck is dangerous. I think the Ravens are dangerous, and I think the Cowboys are dangerous. But I see all three. What about you?
1: Uh, I think. I don't know. I think the Broncos are going to be tough to beat, and the Seahawks will be vulnerable. But uh, we'll see. Good luck to your Broncos this weekend. And your uh, Patriots. I hope the Colts win, though. <laughs>